Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host, Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my co-host, Peter. And our special guest, Trial Andy. Hello, hello. He's not here either. He's not oh, here I'm either. Not, no. I'm also somewhere yeah. else. Andy is even <laughs> less here. I don't know <laughs> what that means. <laughs> I don't know why he has a diminished presence, but... <laughs> You're right. No, it's like a, it's like a third location. It's kind of you know how like never go to a third location. Andy's the third. Never lo- go to a third location. Andy's in the third location. I don't even. Oh I, shoot! Third dimension. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're joining us today for another edition of Album Autopsy. Last time we covered Metallica's Lulu, and today we've got another album that uh, some might call baffling. <laughs> but let's not get ahead of ourselves um before we get into it i'll do the housekeeping that i normally do if you're new here welcome we're happy to have you if you want to get the full picture i recommend you go back and start at the beginning you probably won't in an episodes like these we have fewer callbacks than in other ones but sometimes we'll talk about previous episodes and it's if you want to be fully in the know i recommend you start at the beginning and listen to everything that we've put out ever just everything don't stop until you've heard it all don't never never call yourself a fan you're not a fan listen to all of it <laughs> if you like if you do that and you like what you heard the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen the next best thing you can do is subscribe and leave a rating or review you can also check out our website www.thisdisasterpod.com and our social medias at this disaster pod on twitter instagram and facebook you can also check out our patreon.com slash this disaster pod where you can get tons of bonus content micro disasters every two weeks and access to live streams when we do major disasters and the like. And if you ordered a shirt, those are in the mail because I mailed them myself. So I know that they're on their way to you. So keep keep an eye out on your mail. They're coming. And with all of that said, I think it's time that we we launch into our next album autopsy. So uh, maybe, maybe Lee can get us started. Lee, what are we talking about today? What did you assign? What did you subject us to this week? (laughs) (laughs) I'll preface this by saying I'm sorry (laughs) to the the group and to the listeners. Uh, So album autopsy, for those who don't know, it's um, we take an album that is sort of universally hated, reviled, or in this case, just caused confusion. We listen to it from A to Z, no skipsies, and we give our impressions. So what are we looking at here? Well, subject is uh, white male, Mm -hmm. American. Mm -hmm. Age 36 at the time. Okay. Country music star, known for his mixing a little rock and roll into his his country western twang. Mm -hmm. There is a noticeable condition of identity crisis going on here. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Because we're all at once talking about Garth Brooks Mm -hmm. and Chris Gaines. And where does one end and the other begin? Who's to say? The former hails from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The latter from, amazingly, Brisbane, Australia. R- okay. For some reason. Wasn't, wasn't uh, he a serial killer in like the early 1900s? Really? No, that's Ed Gain. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> another another Gain or Gein. I never knew how to say that. Right. Okay. So we're talking about Garth Brooks. Yes. Uh, so Garth Brooks. Well, he's, you know, he, he's... Success in country music uh, pretty much worldwide, mm-hmm. uh, starting with his first album in 1989, and he continued to do well throughout the 90s and beyond, uh, even crossed mm-hmm. over a little bit into the mainstream. Like I remember seeing his videos on Much Music quite a bit back in the day. And uh, mm-hmm. something worth mentioning that I'd never, I'd never heard this before, but in 1993, 
he criticized record stores for selling used CDs because it meant the artists weren't getting royalties off said sales uh, or twice, you know? Okay. (laughs) That sounds kind of like a Metallica Napster argument. It's kind of like a Metallica Napster argument, but it holds even less water. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Um, So he attempted to persuade his label, which was Capitol Records, not to ship whatever his new album was at the time to the stores who engaged in this practice. That'll show him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He didn't succeed. Yeah. You don't say. We can't. Yeah. They're kind of like, yeah, no, we need to, we need to sell your music. Yeah. So no. This whole Chris Gaines thing is so weird especially if you don't know what it's all about. And I certainly didn't. And right. anyone I brought it up to, I was like, yeah, we're doing this album on next podcast. Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. What was that? Right. Cause it's just, <laughs> um, confusing. So I looked into it. The story behind the album is that it was meant to be a soundtrack for a movie called the lamb. Okay. L a M B which never ended up seeing the light of day. So the movie would have featured Chris Gaines as the lead character with Garth Brooks playing said role. Okay. But on the promo side of things, everything was moving forward, including they did an entire like VH1 behind the music, like a fake one on Chris Gaines. Okay. Which I couldn't bring myself to watch or seek out. Fair enough. Listening to the album was enough. And he hosted Saturday Night Live as Garth Brooks but performed as Chris Gaines. <laughs> fucking did he, weird. did he, when he, when he introduced the musical guest, did he say, <laughs> and tonight's musical guest is Chris Gaines? And then run around and the back run and around come the back behind the drum yeah. set. And- but even like at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> did he say that the musical guest that evening was Chris Gaines? Like it's exactly Chris- something that crossed my mind. I don't know. Oh yeah. Their usual end of monologue. Chris Gaines yeah. is here. And everybody yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he did. Oh, and then he's God. like, Oh, fooled you. it me yeah so that should get you up to speed i gotta say it was real confusing trying to find this album to listen to it was yeah because especially when you told us what we're listening to yeah because you gave us the title and i'm like so is it a garth brooks album is it chris gaines and why is it best hits (laughs) (laughs) yeah the 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 actual (laughs) title is Chris Gaines album yep. and the album title is greatest hits slash Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines. Right. But it is, but when you look at it, the way it's written, it's like Garth Brooks in dot, dot, dot the life of Chris Gaines. Oh, right. Like yeah, it's like yeah. that part is the way you say it actually makes it kind of mean something different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which Really doesn't matter, but it's just... <laughs> just no. makes it extra frustrating to listen to it. Also, oh, yeah. Yeah. if yeah, you absolutely. want to listen along, you'll realize what we talk about, because good luck finding it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And now that most of us are used to our streaming services, or especially stuff like this, which you would never pay money for, you just want to find it quickly and conveniently. <laughs> not on YouTube, not on anything spotify maybe it's on title maybe it's on title maybe he's a titleman that's a service i haven't heard of in a long time uh stay tuned peter real oh that's right we talked about everyone's favorite music player the pono (laughs) andy you got it you got a pono no i don't have a pono although i remember (laughs) 
the Neil Young Pono. Yeah, he remembers. I was thinking about it today. I was at the grocery store and I like Neil Young is on the cover of some magazine recently. And I was like, hey, Hmm. heard about you last week. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet home Alabama. Um, When you guys invited me back to to join you for this one and hopefully future uh, album autopsies. Well, we'll see how um, it goes. We'll see. We'll see. I I remember this album because I remember the kind of the the media stuff about it a little bit and how it was like a flop or whatever. But uh, I remember the cover was so the cover of uh, of the album is just a photo of him, but he's wearing like he he went really far with this. It wasn't just like a persona for the music. It was like he's changing how he looks. So yeah. He's got this wig on, and he's got I guess a like looks like maybe some eyeshadow yeah. and he's got like a, a little soul patch or something like this, you know? And yeah. I remember when it came out, not listening to it, but thinking like remembering for some reason that it was supposed to be like a hard rock album. Oh really? But it's, it's obviously not as we'll get into, but I mean, <laughs> I just remember for some reason that was in my mind that it's like, he wanted to get out of country for a while and go like pretty like, you know, hard rock kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And That's funny. I always I always interpreted it as he was sort of spoofing the boy band thing. Okay. Well, that's exactly that what this is. Huge at the time and he's yeah, he just looks like one of those it's just his great big puss on the cover with his <laughs> cheeks sucked in and like sultry stare. <laughs> I feel like Lee's like, got some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's all that was all my information on it too. It's like what I mean, I didn't care to investigate. It's like, what is he doing? That's weird. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. But this is another instance for me. Like last week, we talked about Metallica, who I haven't really listened to a full album of, and Lou Reed, yeah. who I've listened to somehow even less of. This week, talking about Garth Brooks, I don't know that I've listened to a Garth Brooks song ever. Well, I don't know. I, no. I could like, whereas I could I could identify a Metallica song. I don't think I can identify Garth Brooks. Well, no one would even press you. <laughs> <laughs> like and then when I'm like Peter name a Neil Young song come on yeah. like Garth Brooks like no I wouldn't it's it's fine <laughs> so it, it was also interesting listening to this album for me at least I had no context right and I, I'm sure we'll get into that when we get into the discussion of the album but uh, that's all I, the better I think yeah exactly because when I was when I was looking at the reviews of it I mean you get some strong feelings by people that are familiar with Garth Brooks. Yeah, yeah. And they have more to say about this like statement that he's making in the same way that like Metallica fans were a little bit bummed out by Lulu and so were right. Lou Reed fans. So you get yeah. the same kind of thing with the Garth Brooks reviews. Although when I was looking through the reviews, the album itself Lulu you had people that like trashed the album and most people were like this is garbage. Yes. But this album Garth Brooks in <laughs> the life of Chris Gaines. Anyway, yes. this album, like it's, it's lukewarm. Uh, I would say at worst, you know what I mean? Yeah. For reasons that I think we'll get into as we discuss the album. So yeah, in terms of the impact, like it was, when you look at the reviews, it was much more, it's much more of a lukewarm situation than an outright visceral hatred. Like we saw with Lulu. Yeah. I, I suspect it was more confusion than, yeah, I exactly. hate this exactly it's more like it's this isn't what i want yeah there's a there's a great friends in low places exactly there's there's a great quote from a new york times review of the album that refers to this as an album that leaves no aftertaste (laughs) (laughs) i thought that like that was perfect 
because so I listened to this album at this point. It was about a week ago that I listened to the full thing. Yeah. And now a week later, I cannot remember a single tune. I couldn't hum a single note. There's <laughs> nothing, even albums that I engage with and don't like, I remember songs off of, sure. but this is one where it just kind of like passed uh, through me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I listened to it. It's a rice it's, cake. Exactly. It was, it was a rice cake or, uh, yeah, I was driving home from work today and it's like an unsalted cracker. <laughs> a single unsalted cracker is what this yeah, album was for me. A baked Lay's chip. Yeah. Which is, I think, also interesting and maybe we'll talk about this, we'll probably talk about this more at the end and as we go through, there was no, there's nothing about it that was like, oh, this is terrible. Right? Like there's nothing that made, well, Okay. So see, and I think this is what I was, I was this is what I was saying because when we were chatting about it a little bit, I was saying that we might have some some things to talk about. I think the best way for me at least, my impression of this album is I genuinely nothing this album. Sure. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. There's like I listened to it and I was like might as well have been doing nothing this whole time. Right. Like sitting in a quiet room or listening to this album would have had the same long-term effect on me. Sure. Right. I mean, there's nothing on there that pissed me off. Well, okay. There's, there's one song that kind that of... There one, there's me. one song at least that pissed me off. So anyway, in terms of the reception before, like like, like I said, right before launching into the specific discussion, in, term the, in terms of the reception, we're looking at lukewarm. Not like ones on Pitchfork, not five stars either. Yeah, and that's kind of why I picked it. I, I knew it wasn't like a, a universally hated album. I just... <laughs> It's just such an anomaly that I wanted to dig into it yeah. and see yeah. what was there. <laughs> so should we dive into this thing? Let's do it. Start us off, Andy. Guests first. Sure. <laughs> well, it's one of those albums that even if it was super good or terrible, it starts off kind of like, this is the first song you want to start with. You know what I mean? Like, even if yep. the very yep. next one was like a banger or that were yep. sucked and it was bad from there on in. Yeah, it's the first one. That's your first impression. You've got to you've got to hit us with something, and it's just like it sounds like one of those songs that should have been like sixth on the album. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like right. it's not quite a ballad, but it's not it's not really upbeat at all. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know the lyrics are about reminiscing on the past and this kind of stuff, and it's a bit of a love song. Well, actually, most of the songs are, but I mean, it just kind of like this is <laughs> it. It feels like the most lukewarm, like Peter's have been saying, the most yes. lukewarm start yeah for this album especially when yeah. you especially you got to take the context in here of like he's trying to change his persona he's trying to do this with you know we said it was maybe a movie that never got made but mm -hmm. even regardless of that he's if he's going to all the lengths of of making this new character like i'm surprised the first song out of the out of the gates isn't something with more oomph more yeah. character <laughs> more something you know 100 yeah. percent, and that but again I think that that's very, that's the exact impression I got. And I think after having heard the whole album, I think it's a very appropriate way to start what's, what comes next. If you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, right, right. It's like, <laughs> if I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, I think one of my favorite album starts of all time is Deftones Koino Yokan. Right. Like the, the, the first chords of Swerve City, that's how you start an album. Yeah. And this was like, slowly slipping into a lukewarm bath with no bubbles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Just kind of like and, and sitting in a sitting in a tub of water that's like maybe just above body temperature. Yeah. 
after someone else has used it. Right. <laughs> but that sets the stage for what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. And I should say, uh, I didn't say this, but the title of the first track is called That's yep. the Way I Remember It. Yep. Yeah. So that's the and track. And it just, one. it reeks of late 90s, which is. Yeah. When did it yeah. say when it came out? It came out in 1998 or nine? 99, I think. Yeah. 99. Um, like strummy, soft acoustic music with these like very like very safe sounding hip hop beats behind yep. it. Like that's at the time that was like boy band one hundred and one. It's like okay, mm-hmm. this is kind of what I thought it was going to be. All right, and ultra yeah, clean just, production. Yeah, super oh, yeah. no Absolutely. no amp hum, nothing. You know, you're going and, straight and like the you board. said, it, it leaves no impression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I I know kind of what Garth Brooks' music sounds like. Like I said, he had hits, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't just purely in a country realm. It crossed over, and like this is not it. Well, so, he was. Right. I mean, he's a huge like he's a huge name. Like he was a pioneer in like making that country for the pop market. New kind country, of thing, yeah. you know, like new country. Exactly. Like yeah, it's yeah. just so strange that. Well, we'll get into it more, but it's just so strange that then like. <laughs> here's my new idea. You know, it's like, <laughs> I want to try something. I want to get out of this country game for a little bit. And here's yeah, my first yeah. song. <laughs> That's the way I remember it. If the song made a sound, it would be. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so moving on to track two, mm-hmm. it's called lost in you. Yep. This is kind of follow suit. It's another late nineties sounding soft rocker, acoustic guitars. This one's kind of a minor key. Maybe a little bit of a sort of a Spanish kind of feel. And yep. it's almost, it's, um, it's almost slower. It's almost like yeah, it's even, even s- more of like a, yeah. this is like your second song. Like, so the first song, okay, fine. It, <laughs> the second song, <laughs> we take you to another level. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe they should have started uh, the album on like a, like a lower key and yeah. then you take it up on this track too. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's not that at all. I, I really dug into the, the sort of story behind this album. Like I was, I was, it's all there for you in the liner notes on the mm-hmm. CD, which I found on Discogs mm-hmm. and it's meant to be exactly what it says it is, which is greatest hits. So it's meant to be this career spanning collection going from like 89 to present day, which was yep. 98 or 99. So I was like interested to hear if they really committed to that concept of have like, are they going to like, change the production style from song to songs like so far track one and two i'm not hearing it so yeah <laughs> also i think uh i read that childish gambino did a cover of lost in you really yeah apparently mm. that's strange yeah but he's a weird guy probably better <laughs> i haven't heard probably. it yet third track is called mm. snow in july yeah yeah it picks it up a little bit yeah relative to the first two songs but it's another it's it's in the same ballpark of you know Another kind of love song, bit more mid tempo here, but like kind of funky, a little funky. It's got that funky opening mm. with the kind of it almost sounds like a like it's uh, supposed to be super superstition or something, you know, like yeah. the right, bow, 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 like that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's not the it's not yet the nadir of this um, <laughs> nadir. We're stepping into it a little bit more. I, I don't know. Yeah, we're stepping in something at this point. If we if we come back to talking about what like how he should have started it, if he was trying to make a drastic departure and show like make a statement, this should have been maybe the first. Something song. like this should have started it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, like, whoa, absolutely. Outside the yeah. box here. 
missed opportunity. Okay, track four, Drifting Away. This is the first song where I thought, if this were set within a drastically different cadence, like like it made me think of like the Beach Boys, their stuff from the 70s, it kind of reminded me of Hall & Oates. Yeah. Or it could easily just be like a raw sort of folky country song, just a person strumming a guitar and singing. As it is, it's so overproduced that it can't mm-hmm. help but be completely corny. And again, we're, we're four songs in and it still sounds like every song was recorded at the same studio on the same day of the same week. So yep. I'm not getting... With all the same choices the on same. on effects and, and yeah. you know, instrumentation yep. and, and all that kind of stuff. The, the best one so far, I would say. The fifth track is called Way of the Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it starts out musically, it actually has this kind of like, yeah, it's almost like a hip hop, like... Doo-doo. Dun, 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 dun. Like yeah. it's kind of like organy, kind of synth organy kind of sound, and it's yeah. just it could from that point on it could be before the vocals come in it could the song could go anywhere. I mean that it's like this kind of late nineties <laughs> pop, another kind of funky, lick, you know, kind funky of beat, kind yeah, of beat yeah. to it. But yeah. the lyrics in this one are just. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if. <clears throat> the track listing is also chronological in terms of how he wrote the songs mm-hmm. up until this song. And then, uh, actually the next one, I think unsigned letters next. Yeah. Yeah. Like up until now, again, it falls into the ballpark of, I think what Garth Brooks sound like, but then I wonder if he got to a point where he's just like, Oh crap, I'm writing a Garth Brooks album and I'm supposed to be <laughs> writing a Chris Green's album. <laughs> right. Uh, and then he started mixing things up. Right. It's set because, up more or less that it goes in reverse chronological order as far as the story goes. Okay. So the more you get into the album, the older, quote unquote, the songs get. Interesting. Okay. And uh, that's when, like, this is the first song where I was like, okay, they they are kind of switching up the production style. Yeah. And, like, I'm really hung up on that aspect of it, but I was kind of, I was really listening for it because I really wanted it to sort of yeah. age backwards like the way yeah. they set it up right yeah. but um this song is just totally forgettable <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fortunately fortunately it's a, a little bit more on the shorter end than some of them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> under four yeah. minutes i think his idea of gritty is sort of a kind of mid-tempo kind of funky beat like a it's a little like whoa check that out yeah that's his version of us going like this is a sick riff bro you know yeah absolutely exactly i think it's it's very telling it's more telling of maybe his musical tastes and experiences than yeah i think so uh okay where are we number six unsigned letter yeah. Um, now this song for me, it's it really touched on another thing that was happening in the late '90s. It was what my friends and I referred to as the shiny shirt bands. Yep. And by that I mean Matchbox Twenty, Third Eye Blind, Dishwalla, mm-hmm. like this really watered down version of like grunge or alternative rock. For sure. Was Wallflowers in there? Oh, was that Jacob Dylan's band? Maybe. Yeah, it was. I talked about him later. That's funny. Oh, okay. It was just like another sort of disturbing piece of the puzzle of like what Nirvana hath wrought. Yeah. Up to this point, I'd say this is where it gets the most like, this is a rock song, man. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. We're a rock band now. (laughs) But it's, it's got a few like good, it's actually got a few kind of cool parts to it. 
but it's I couldn't put my finger on it and I tried to like you know click through Spotify to figure it out but it sounds like a song that I know by another band yeah <laughs> and I'm wondering if it's just yeah. like the impression that I get it sounds like again the impression that I get listening to it is much music in the afternoon when I was 13 and didn't know what <laughs> yeah, else to watch yeah yeah nothing too yeah. offensive exactly like yeah, if you're watching like their top 20 list somewhere in the middle right yeah. Like you said, you're, what you're saying, shiny shirt bands. Exactly. Shiny shirt bands. <laughs> it's a video where the whole thing maybe has like a green tint to it. Yeah. There's probably some like beakers with water in the foreground for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a video all that right. I'm sure we've all seen, but it doesn't exist. Yes, right. exactly. It don't matter to the sun. It don't matter to the sun. Mm. We've gone through a couple songs now where... It did kind of get upbeat. You know, we, we were yeah. complaining about how this album starts with two back-to-back kind of snore fests. Yeah. <laughs> and then it did kind of pick up with, you know, with like, we said Snow in July, Drifting Away. Yeah. Those are pretty good. And then that unsigned letter, at least I just said it was like the most rock one so far. Then it goes to yeah. this, it don't matter to the sun kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. back to the beginning of the album. Like this could, yeah. now we, we could start the album from here if we wanted to, you know, like this, <laughs> shift this one into first place. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to the sun. It doesn't matter the album. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's even a step backwards. Like this now sounds like Garth Brooks. Exactly. This is the first sound of any sort of true blue country or country rock. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's fine. It's just like, again, it's, it would be really interesting to know more about the making of this and like how much, like I know on the, there's like a Wikipedia article or entry for this and there's like, I think all or all or most of the song writing credits aren't like he's not involved, you know, like right. the other people wrote the, the music, but and maybe the lyrics, but it's like, how, he must've been once he's involved at some way in some way he could, he could make it his own. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, especially when he's stepping up to the microphone and this one, he chose to give us a more country yeah. tinge in the vocal, you know, cause it's what he's good at. Yeah. Yeah. Well it is. And it kind of comes across like for me, this is the high point of the album and i'd say honestly it's it's a pretty pretty good song and the production's really spare so it doesn't suffer from mm-hmm. being too shiny or polished yeah the funny thing is this is meant to be a cover song <laughs> from another fictitious singer called ramsey sellers Oh, of course. So he's like really going deep on the whole mythos behind this thing. Like he's inventing other artists to cover. But man, I admire that. He's trying something. Yeah, he really kind of swung for the fences. Like, if you want to tie it in with the, the first one of these that we did with Lulu, if <laughs> nothing else, they tried something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he kind of tried something. And like I said, I think he was really enjoying himself. Yeah. I suspect. I don't know that to be a fact. Right. <laughs> on his other albums he's often involved as a co-writer on his songs apparently on this he he wrote nothing like he sort of left it to others Hmm. which i mean i'm sure he had you know an influence on whatever but you know yeah in the recording process not the songwriting process right right what about the next song though there's there's one where we oh god so the next song is called right now and we're back to late 90s acoustic guitars and hip-hop beats and this is kind of his sort of socially aware yeah now he's sending a message 
He's sending a message. This is the worst. This is this is the worst. This is the lowest point of the of the thing. This is awful. This is really bad. When I was listening, this is the song that made me pay attention, and it wasn't (laughs) for a good reason. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like I imagine like when, you know, you're playing in the other room and you're doing stuff and your parents are ignoring you, but then they give you like you do something and you get the kind of attention that you don't want. That's this song. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, this is kind of an offensive. Wait, what are you saying? What are these lyrics? (laughs) (laughs) The the verses are sort of like conceptually a rewrite of, you know, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel. It just like lifted listing off all these things that are you know problems yeah. in society and mm-hmm. not even so they're really like lightweight oh, and then the chorus is literally get together by the young bloods like, yeah it's, on people now <laughs> it's, like, it's unbelievable what? it shifts <laughs> even if even if you wanted to like sample that in this case they don't even sample it they re they replay it the chorus yeah, it's like repurpose like repurpose sort of it but it's cover. like yeah, just yeah. thrown in as a way to get out of to do an a b kind of back and forth. So he's doing these almost like rapping kind of, as you say, the sound of Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire kind of lyrics. And then all of a sudden it shifts to this chorus. It's come on people now. And it's just like, what? And this is supposed to be ironic or something. And and if I may, (laughs) if I may choose one or two of my, my favorite uh, stanzas from this. Oh, I I wish that you would. Because he, he goes, uh, for those listening at home who can't hear the song itself, he basically does the verses like, maybe it's the something, maybe it's the something, maybe it's, and he's yeah. just putting in words that rhyme that are like, the what is causing the problems in America today kind of idea, mm-hmm. right? So like, maybe it's the unions, big business. Maybe it's the KKK and the skinheads. Right. right. Maybe it's the daughters, maybe it's the sons. Maybe it's the brothers of the mothers or the guns. <laughs> Just ran out of my maybe it's everything. <laughs> First of all, it's definitely the KKK. Yeah. There's no maybe about right, that. One. Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. If they're in the picture, what, what side are you on, Chris or Garth? <laughs> I got to say this: one, one, the, the best part of this song is is that it ends by him saying, "Maybe it's the end." No, I didn't catch that. He goes, yeah. "Yeah." His last line is, "Maybe it's a fashion. Maybe it's a trend. Maybe it's the future." Maybe it's the end. And then the song oh, ends. Oh, you yeah. fucking asshole. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it sort of goes, bah. My memory is that he, does he say that over the music or does like the music stop? Music kind of fades first, it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, so good. this song is unforgivable. Hey, I mean, it really is. If we had to come up with a song and end it in the cheesiest way possible, that would be right near the top. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like write a lyric about something ending and then also end on that lyric and have the music end as you're saying that. Right. <laughs> Talking about on the nose. No song. I got to say, there's like, there's a few other songs we didn't, I can't remember, I forgot to take notes on it, but there's a few other songs on here that do that, that typical thing where like the music just fades, but the band's still playing, mm-hmm. but they just fade yeah. out the whole song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can just hear yeah. them and they're even sometimes they're, they're still singing. And it just, the whole thing gets dialed out and that's how the song yeah. ends. It's like, that is the number one sign that they did not know how to finish the song. So they just kept <laughs> fucking playing and they just faded it out. Yeah. It's like, that's how all songs ended though, back in the day. Yeah. No one fades anymore. It's a thing of the past, but. Ending the song is kind of like a shit or get off the pot kind of thing. All right. Moving on down to Main Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one is okay. Again, it's like, this is like a more of a yeah. Garth Brooks tune. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it's not so bad. 
it's kind mm-hmm. of again. No, it's pretty okay. And you mentioned the wallflowers before, Peter. This actually yeah. made me think of like kind of Bob Dylan, but also his son Jacob Dylan, who <laughs> I think his band was called the Wallflowers. And okay, yeah, it's got that kind of yeah, rootsy kind of Counting Crows like twangy. It's like yeah, eh, it's pretty all right. Yeah. Again, it's it's kind of playing out in our discussion of this now, but like there's no none of this I hated and I'm sure I've actually heard. It sounds like I've heard Main Street at a Lone Star restaurant, I'm sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's just it had the same impression <laughs> on me there as it did when I actively listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of good cuz the first four bars of the first song, I was just like, oh, what mm-hmm. have I gotten us into? This is going to suck. Mm-hmm. And then you get stuff like this. It's like, it's pretty all right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, by then I had really met, you know, my expectations were well, <laughs> you know, owned. Oh, yeah. So yeah, any, sure. exactly. any port yeah. in a storm was like, oh, that's a pretty good melody right there. And at the, at the root of it, I mean, it's still Garth Brooks. He's successful for a reason. He knows how to write a song, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. White Flag. So this song is meant to be from Chris Gaines' 1989 debut album. Um, <laughs> and while there is way too much high-end crack on the snare and not enough synths, uh, pretty much this is like totally appropriate for the time. It's just your basic right down the middle of the road rock again it's kind of funky there's shades of hard rock Mm -hmm. um he got i think all the aspects from that era right and that's what makes it garbage because (laughs) (laughs) as far as pop music then not a lot going on no i don't remember how this song goes i just remember it was in one year out the other as fast as that process can go it's like this one and, and the one we just were talking about main street they're almost like they could be the same song at yeah. this point. You're also, this is t- tracks nine and 10. Like you're so far into this thing that it's just like, sure. Okay. Just let it play. I'm shopping. <laughs> for, I'm shopping for clothes in the mall right now. Yeah. You know, like it's just on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 100%. Yeah. Digging for gold. This, this is, this is the second worst song on the album for me <laughs> after right now. Really? It's, it's so, it's more about the lyrics it's like the music side of mm-hmm. it it has a weird switch between the verse and the chorus like the chorus gets all really like super f- fun mm-hmm. yeah the, i cannot get over the, like the little storyline here about that he's he's telling us about you know an old millionaire and literally in the first first couple lines they married on a fancy yacht out on the water he knew she was young enough to be his daughter <laughs> It's like, mm. this is not, this isn't a topic that if you're going to write a song about this is why make it like a happy, like a love song about like, you know, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. always a brag in songs uh, young enough to be. And it's always like, I never thought that was Gross. cool. Like, no. Ew. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, he said, do you love me, baby? Do you want me to hold or are you just digging for gold? It's just a, it's just strange. I don't know. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Peter? The, yeah, the, the chorus reminds <laughs> me a little bit of, uh, what, what year was it supposed to have come out on, in? According I think to this the is also from the 1989 debut. 89. Okay. Yeah. 
Because it sounds like the kind of song that would have been on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack, which was like 94. <laughs> it actually reminds yeah. me, the chorus reminds me of uh, New Age Girl by Dead Eye Dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, because it just sounds like th- this could have been side by side with that song. Yeah. And uh, the, and this song, by the way, is also, it is the longest song on the album. It's over five minutes, or second longest. It's, it's five yeah. minutes. It's over five minutes long. And it just, it doesn't need to be. <laughs> no. It needed to be a two away, two minute like joke song. Yeah, this song yeah. It, it really clicked with me. Really, like, who Garth? No, no, it, it clicked with me like who Garth Brooks reminds me of. Oh, okay. when he's doing his when he doing. Yeah, that was oh, a very unfortunate it? pause. <laughs> well, I'll get to that, but <laughs> I figured out who he's sort of aping when he does his rock voice. It's Kenny Loggins, oh, okay. Footloose, or I'm All Right. So. When right. I listen to this song, I can just like picture the dancing groundhog from Caddyshack. But it's sort of, I was finally, at this point, I was like hearing it or trying to hear it through the ears of the Garth Brooks fans. And I can see why they'd be like, what the fuck, dude? This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. 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 But also, as far as me liking it, I have horrible taste in things. So I'll say I like the verses in this song. I love I the Dumb why. and Dumber soundtrack. <laughs> like it's one of my favorite sound, uh, it's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time yeah and like i have i realized that a lot of my sensibilities because you're a peter Pumpkinhead. well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like I, I went i went back back and listened to it and it, it is a very like mid-90s soundtrack with songs that sound very early and mid-90s oh yeah right but that informed a lot of my taste moving forward i guess <laughs> at least when it comes to production like yeah. when i look for sounds when we're recording stuff that's mm-hmm. a lot of my touchstones is like that's what a snare sounds like yeah right yeah. so i guess we're split on that one <laughs> yeah right down the middle <laughs> <laughs> some of us think it's the second worst song <laughs> <laughs> two left to go so we got maybe is up mm-hmm. next a very very not so subtle nod to the beatles absolutely complete 100%. with the exact mellotron flute sounds and progression from strawberry fields you got the ringo mm-hmm. drum fills mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. it's basically hey jude and a day in the life and strawberry fields all rolled in yep. one and it starts he literally starts with the word yesterday right yep. <laughs> and uh, something about bird the bird has flown yeah yeah that you know? got repeated yep. quite a bit it's not a bad song i would say it's actually maybe one of the better ones yeah it's trying to be something it's aping something really great. So, yeah. you know, like, okay, you can't really not like it. Maybe on this album is a great long lost demo by John Lennon that never got produced. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One that he was like, nah, but you know, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's all we have to say about that. Um, okay. Well, right, the last yeah. song, it's my pleasure to... Let me just let me just preface this song. Okay, so this song is meant to be from his his one his band's one and only album, which was supposed to have come out in 1985. Okay, so it's sort of apart from the Chris Gaines catalog. The band was called Crush. Go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it's almost it's funny that you know that, and you I guess you would only know that if you had the CD, right? You'd have the you'd have the CD. This is all in. You're getting this information from the liner notes, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which I had scans of, so. Right. This well, song. You went, to, you, you went to Sam the Record Man and bought the I album. went to yeah. AMA Records and I bought it. And, <laughs> and it was in one of those big plastic things that's way too big. <laughs> just yeah. to hold the CD for, for security reasons. Oh, yeah. And you, you started off to make sure you wanted to buy it. You listened to it in one of those listening stations. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I used to do that. 
let me let me say this let me say this about this song that's good context because i feel like it is maybe the one of the maybe the best song on this record but it's also sounds so much different it ends on such a yeah upbeat where we were saying how boring the beginning of this album was it starts on such an upbeat fun pop kind of note that it's it's i really like this song i gotta say yeah it's for it's completely forgettable i will probably never listen to it again for the rest of my life (laughs) but the two or three times i did listen to it over the past week and a half i liked it i was like okay finally it's this last song that's actually good (laughs) yeah yeah it's very apart from everything else on the album it's super interesting if you think about uh, the first song that's the way i remember it as point a and my love tells me so the last song is point b it's like (laughs) is this the same artist right let alone the same album right and if you were trying to make an album about this artist that's supposed to be so far from your normal self, uh-huh. like start with My Love Tells Me So and use that as the template. Yeah. You know? Right. Work your Skip way up the, to uh, the you know, present Lost day. in Use and the Drifting Aways. Like, it's funny because like at this point he was probably Garth Brooks. I mean, not the real Garth Brooks. was probably already a multimillionaire at this point i'm i'm guessing yeah and oh, it's yeah. like yeah. it's almost too it's kind of almost sad that he like he could have done anything he wanted and mm. it's almost too bad that he didn't like pick out of these 13 songs get somebody to help him like from an editor editorial stance try and help him mm. narrow in on the best ones and just release it as under his own name and just say this is yeah. i'm trying something different everybody and like yeah. my next album i'll be back to country but like making this persona and this backstory and covering having this character cover other characters like you're saying on that one song just like such a web to follow that it almost takes away it's a distraction i know like i I, it makes me wonder if there was ever supposed going to be a movie made or if we're just like Mm -hmm. an excuse to try all these different things and well apparently it was in production but then it got put on hiatus in 2001 after this album didn't really go anywhere <laughs> right 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 yeah but that's that is actually <laughs> oh, that the, uh, that's, testing the waters that, that's that's one thing actually that uh that came up in a lot of the reviews that i didn't mention is a lot of the people that reviewed the album kind of mused about the idea that did he did he want to try something different but he just was afraid of tanking his career right so he was like yeah. well here's this like fancy left turn it's not really me it's it's this isn't me unless you like it in which yeah. case i'll do like 10 more like these. yeah exactly but if you know it doesn't count doesn't count doesn't count exactly it's which f- yeah what you said like i think maybe maybe the album would have drawn less ire if he had just been up front and been like i'm just gonna try something and if you don't like it, yeah. you have to wait. Because People even I'll like, make another been one. Pissed, but I mean, but I don't know because even as yeah. we said, like there was there was enough of that. Like some of the songs, some of the better songs, even had a bit of that kind of country bent to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. it could have been like palatable to his existing fans. And you know what? If he wanted some new fans too, then yeah, it's it's kind of like it wouldn't have been the worst thing. And then if it tanked, he could have just said, okay, well, my next album, I'll have to go back to country music, and it would probably been like hailed it as this amazing return to form. Yeah. You know, it would have been fine. Would have been fine. But people then, people do tend to be very reactionary in the moment, Mm -hmm. especially with sort of big multi-million dollar acts like that. Like you're not really talking about, I'm going to sound like a snob, but I mean, you're not too adventuresome of a music fan. Like Mm -hmm. 
So <laughs> your average person be like, oh, I guess this is what he sounds like now forever. Fuck. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, we yeah. talked about that last time with Metallica and Lulu. It's like yep. they tried something and people lost their shit. But I was like, hey, at least they're doing something. They're trying right. something yeah. weird. They can do yep. anything they want and they're taking advantage of that. And then they go back to their regular sound. Causes of death. Lee? Um, causes of death. I'm going to go with uh, Identity Crisis. Yeah, that, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, not running the bath water hot enough. <laughs> Basically coming up with an album that was a saltine minus the salt. Right. Yeah, not enough salt. <laughs> and Andy? I'm going to say uh, not veering enough to the left. Like he really needed to turn this car hard left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't go, he didn't go far enough. There's some, a couple of good tunes on there, but yeah. unremarkable. All right. Didn't commit. If you're going to go, commit, just go, go buck wild, yeah. man. To sum it up, it's another album where like Lulu didn't hate it. Didn't like it. It didn't generate visceral hatred. There's no, a few no. songs that were grown. Like even we talked a lot about right now. Like that song is like, okay, this is exhausting, but yeah. it's not like offensive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a palm on the face. It's not a head in the toilet. Kind of song. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a pretty Maybe. good way to put it. Do you have yeah, a toilet was... <laughs> uh, related analogy? Uh, not toilet, I guess. You like it's it? just, I would say that it's like, it wasn't a bit, it wasn't like a fiasco. It wasn't like, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Probably. It could have mm. been a lot better. Yeah. Yep. So I don't, I don't recommend, let's put it this way. I don't recommend, it's hard enough to find this anywhere well, to yeah. listen to. Yeah. And by the way, they made two music videos for songs on this album and they're not available. You can't find them. <laughs> he, this guy's like, he's a ghost. He's the biggest <laughs> name in country music, award winner, all the Grammys and all that stuff. And yeah. you cannot find his stuff anywhere. It's insane. Man. That's so anyway, so weird. I'd love to see those music videos. Yeah. Right. I would watch those. Yeah. But anyway, I would not recommend anyone really, unless they're really curious. And now maybe because yeah. of this great podcast, they are extremely <laughs> curious to try and track down yeah. these, these songs or go to a record store and look in the used bin and the discount <laughs> bin. I think if any of your listeners like go and find this album, I'd love to hear from, I'd listen to them talk yeah. for an hour about it just to, <laughs> get, to, just to get somebody else's questions. perspective from somebody I don't know. Yeah, Absolutely. If you, if you want to let us know, like reach out in our DMs or join our Discord. We talk about music a lot there. Yeah, slide in. Join our, join our Discord and tell us what you think about Garth Brooks in The Life of Chris Gaines. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> also, I just we didn't like talk to about commend us for being brave enough to, you know, go down this road. Cause yeah, I'm glad we did this I for was an fearful. hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'll bring up one last time that New York Times review because that quote the album, like an album with no aftertaste. It's like <laughs> perfect. Yeah. When I read that, I'm like, I could, that's why you write for the New York Times. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Well done. I have Sir no recollection. I, even after we discussed it just now in detail, I do not remember any of these songs Mm-mm. and I never will. <laughs> All right. So that was an album autopsy. Thanks for joining us, Andy. I think uh, moving forward, we're going to subject you to some more albums. So yep. I think I think I think trial Andy's a fixture of album autopsy going forward. Yeah. Great. Whether you like it or not. It's a trio. <laughs> maybe maybe next time we'll pick an album that does evoke visceral hatred. Yeah. Lee, I want, I want dig one, through the Yeah, I want one that we're just gonna like 
it's going to make us see red. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge because we keep talking about the podcast about how we're open to, you know, listen to what you want to do. And I just, right. you know, think that artists should be free to do whatever they want. But yeah, I'm sure there's some exceptions that are going to bend. Don't my... subject me to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so <laughs> used to, at this point. I'm so used to like just tuning things out. Like yeah. something has to be so bad for me to be yeah. like, Oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, yeah, like I said, that was album autopsy. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen and do it as yourself. Don't do it as a strange alter ego that <laughs> nobody understands. Yeah. <laughs> and when you do it, do it enthusiastically. Don't do it like, this podcast is called this is a disaster or whatever <laughs> no commit it's not gonna sell it. commit yeah don't make chris Gaines mistake <laughs> <laughs> or is it garth brooks nobody knows <laughs> uh if you, <laughs> the next best thing you can do is subscribe and leave a rating or review i think apple podcast is probably the best place you can keep up with us on social media at this disaster pod on twitter instagram and facebook check out our website www.thisdisasterpod.com Check out our patreon.com slash this disaster pod where you get tons of bonus content like micro disasters every two weeks, live streams of major disasters, uh, and similar kind of things. You can join our Discord. We're going to have to do another watch party on December 18th. We're going to be watching Die Hard. Last time we watched Evil Dead for Halloween and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I say watch, but really we just like chatted through <laughs> <Yeah>. the movie, <laughs> type, type, typed through the movie, running, making each other laugh. Yeah. So, uh, so hop on there and do that. That's going to be on December 18th in the evening, like 8 p.m. or 8.30 Eastern Standard. And if you ordered a shirt, those are now in the mail because I mailed them. So hmm. they're on their way. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. So we'll see you in our next disaster. Bye. 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 Bye.